Um, we have Ganesh. Ganesh is definitely... Um, well, with a trunk like that, how uh, couldn't he okay, be Okay, <laughs> girl. <laughs> Hey everybody, this is Lucky Licious from Eat My Pagan Ass Pagan Podcast. I am broadcasting to you from Beltane in the park, hosted by Magical Realms in the Boogie Down Bronx, New York City. It's a little late for Beltane, but we've had some rainy weather in New York and uh, a lot of festivals have been postponed and we've still got rainy weather today, but guess what? If we don't do it now, it ain't going to happen. So uh, I'm very pleased to uh, tell you that I've got a wonderful, magical, pagan man with me right now. I've told you all about him. His name is Osimbio, and he is a founder of the New York City Open Gay Men's Pagan Magic Circle. He is also a member of the Minoan Brotherhood. He's a fashion artist, designer, and he makes all sorts of really awesome pagan clothing. Um, so we're going to put some links up with for that later, but right now, to no further ado, it is my great pleasure to introduce my friend, my fellow witch, uh, my fellow gay witch, Osimbio. Osimbio, say hey. Hey. <laughs> so uh, tell us about yourself. Tell us, tell us, tell me about Minoan stuff. Minoan, oh my God, you want to start right there. <laughs> okay, well, Minoan, the Minoan Brotherhood is a traditional witchcraft path that you can go on. Um, there's also the Minoan Sisterhood and there's the Minoan Fellowship. The Minoan Brotherhood was created by Eddie Bazinski. And um, some people say that it's, it's Gardnerian. It's not really Gardnerian. Um, he was part of three different traditions and he created three different traditions. So among the six traditions, the Minoan Brotherhood was one of them. Another one is the uh, Wicca tradition, which W-I-C-A, just one C, uh, of which I'm a high priest of, and uh, initiated by Lady Rhea. Lady Rhea, who is the proprietor of Magical Realms in the Bronx. Yeah, and the one that's sort of doing the thing today. I see. How did you get involved in the Minoan Brotherhood? From Between the Worlds. Oh, tell us about Between the Worlds. I want to hear all about this. Between the Worlds is an amazing uh, festival. And we're actually going from six days to seven days this year. Woohoo! More party! Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it takes place in southeastern Ohio, and there's guys that come from as far as San Francisco, as far as um, Florida, um, all over the place that come there. And it's about 100, 100 men, uh, gay, bisexual men. Uh, and they also... And those of you who are questioning. And questioning. And, and <laughs> I'll they, help you answer. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> and they've also um, included um, trans, trans in there. And it's like if you identify as a male on your driver's license, it's like you're in. But do you have to be homosexual? Like if you're female to male, trans, and you're also gay, so you're, you sleep with other men. Or no, that's not a criteria. You can just be trans. You can just be trans. Okay. Be trans-pagan. Hey, it all works. Yay! We're all walking between the worlds. <laughs> so the the between the worlds is um, what I really love about it is that everything happens from the people that show up. So there's workshops that happen, there's rituals that happen, but it's like 
everybody who comes kind of does one thing, sometimes two. And between that, it makes a really great festival. And it's not all Wiccan. It's, you know, there's a whole Druid community. There's a whole heathen community. Gay pagans, gay heathens, gay Druids, you know. How many years has it been going? Um, this year it's going to be our 10th year. So you can still register. Wow. So you started in 2001. Yeah. Yeah, 2001. Yeah, I I didn't go until 2004. So, um, how did how did that whole festival start? Well, let's take a step back now. Now, uh, my understanding of Between the Worlds is it's it's as you said, gay. It's or started out as for gay men, and now it's kind of broadened for bisexual. Or no, talk, it, let's talk it, about that. It was always for gay bisexual men, but it was for it started with uh, Green Fairy Grove in Columbus, Ohio, and initially what they meant was to have a festival for the gay pagans in the sort of immediate area. So it's, or, you know, like we have a tri-state area. I don't know what Ohio has as far as like. <laughs> Ohio, I don't know. It's like a black hole in the middle of the country. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was meant for uh, relatively local. I don't know. Let me say like within a 150 mile radius. So, and what happened? So like 12 people went. You know. <laughs> I think there was about like 40 or 45 people for the first uh, festival. Okay, yeah. that's respectable. Yeah. So this is kind of like small and organic, and it's grown over the years. Yeah, and it and you know, for any of the mathematicians out there, it grows about 10 percent per year. So, so you know, it's keeping growing, and now it's up to about 100. I wish my bank account grew 10 percent a year. I wish other things grew 10 percent a year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. So um, tell me what a day is like, you know, at Between the Worlds. Um, well, you go to Caffeina's, and that's the only place. You, we have a food plan there, but they don't serve breakfast. They serve sort of like lunch and dinner. Caffeina's, I assume that's where people worship the goddess of coffee? Absolutely. <laughs> because some people cannot function without the goddess of caffeine. I used to be one of those people, and now I can't even really enjoy it because it makes my heart go lub-dub. Blah, 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 blah. Sad. Isn't it sad? <laughs> I mean, whatever. But this isn't about me. This is about between the worlds. Anyway, the, the, the day would start off with like people starting to show up at Caffeina's. They're looking at you know, what workshops are coming up and stuff like that. And around, around 12, 1 o'clock, when lunch happens, and then the workshop starts going on, and you usually have like three different workshops that are going on at the same time. Ooh, do you want to go there? Yeah. We're like walking in the through Pelham Park, and it's kind of muddy and gross, but we're braving it anyway. We're off the path, and uh, we just—I see this cool little opening in the woods. So. Let's take in. Yeah. Here you go. Why don't so. You hold the microphone? Okay. Talking. So. Hold it right up to your mouth. I'm holding it right up to my mouth. <laughs> That's nothing new. <laughs> so. So like, when it, like, as an example, I do divination. I've been doing tarot cards for 30 years, and one of the workshops that I did was Spread em Boy. Oh. Yeah. I like the sound of that. <laughs> because it's all about tarot spreads. Oh, okay. Very but clever. It was. It was. I showed up in my leather the first time. So. What happened? Why not the second time? Because it, it was just about tarot. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, wow. Look at this. It's pretty over here. I know. All right, so you get your daily dose of caffeine, and then what? Then it's lunch, and then you have like three different sets of workshops. That you have three different sets of workshops. It's uh, so you'll have like maybe I think it's like one o'clock, three o'clock, five o'clock, or 
maybe it's 11, one and three. I'm not, I can't remember off the top of my head, but you have three different sets. And so you can go to stuff, not go to stuff. You can walk around the land, you can sleep late, you can do whatever you want. And then, you know, you have dinner and you like meet with your friends and things like that. And like I said, there's a meal plan. So most people, not everybody, but most people pick the meal plan, which is inexpensive. And, um, and then go from there. And then and at nighttime, it's just sort of like after dinner, then it's like preparing for a ritual. I mean, some people are doing rituals. Some people are going to ritual. There are, um, you know, there's some like, because people live far away, sometimes there's, um, you know, last minute ritual planning, you know, type of stuff. Yeah. Um, there's always like a Hecate ritual uh, at, I think it's like the first night at midnight. You know, she's our sort of one, one of our token. Uh, Isn't it? Wait, can we just? I just want to notice. As soon as Gary mentioned Hecate, we came upon a a three forked <laughs> path in the road here in the woods. Isn't that wild? That's wild. Hecate is the goddess of crossways, crossroads, and <clears throat> so now we have to choose: do we go to the left, do we take the middle road, or do we go to the right? You choose a symbiote. I'm going to go forward. Let us go. Then. Gaily forward. Gaily forward. Uh, so we're. So anyway, so, so there's that. There's also um, like this coming um, festival that we have a token god that we usually pick for the um, festival for the whole time there. Um, is, this, is this like is this like this is my token black friend? Like you're all a bunch of goddess worshippers and you have like a token <laughs> god or no? Is this something else? It, it's something else because what, what we do is we have we have gods that um, usually have bisexual or gay stories or mythologies that go with them and so you know for up to the 10th year now it has been all male deities that we've been choosing and after all it is a as male uh festival so who are some of the uh, deities that you've worked with and and like pick one or two and tell us a little bit about their stories because i know that there are a lot of gay pagans out there and, and many who listen to this show and there isn't really a very wide body of spiritual texts and knowledge out there we kind of have to dig and go go deeper into the into the, the material uh so maybe you can share just some of that with us well the one that came to me at the top of my head was odin but i can't remember the story with that oh wow like, well uh, uh, um odin but i think i think, I think it's because he he cross-dressed at one point at i think that's what it was okay and um and it was to to get something else. There's also Shiva. Shiva's Shiva's been the same way, but we haven't used Shiva yet. Um, we have Ganesh. Ganesh is definitely. Um, well, with a trunk like that, how uh, couldn't he okay, be gay? <laughs> girl. <laughs> so it's go. I mean, actually, Christopher Penzak has. Um, if you look up him and you look up gay gods, um, he actually has a list of about ten of them, which are good starting points. Um, and he talks about Ganesh because Ganesh is. Um, basically deals with the root chakra, but it also deals with vaginal and anal sex. So. Oh my God, did you just say the V word on my show? I did, the V uh, word. Uh, <laughs> Is that a no-no? No, it's okay. We have wonderful female listeners too. <laughs> and goddess loves everyone's genitalia. So. Yes, and Ganesh likes vaginal sex too. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so, so there was that. This year is actually Pan. Pan is just like, you know, yeah. any, say, no, say no more. Any hole will do. Yeah. <laughs> any hole will do. That's true. I love it. So, the, the, there's just, you know, lightheartedly, that's what some of the gods are there. But it, but it sounds like I've heard that 
there's a lot of really serious spiritual work that goes on there. Maybe you can talk about that. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, like when we were work, working with Freyr, um, a Norse god, and, and basically, um, we I remember doing this whole workshop, and it's like you, everything that you give up to him is free to this point. And for some people, it's, you know, this is like hugging, and this is, you know, sharing yourself um, in a way that's being, getting closer to other people. And for some people, they're very guarded. So, like, for somebody to, for somebody to have a workshop like this to open things up, it's cathartic for them. So, there's that. Um, there's also, you know, we were talking about Hecate, and... Um, there's a lot of dark work that goes on with Hecate, and it's like dealing with the, dealing with the shadow side of yourself. You know, we all have that shadow side or shadow, shadow sides, and this gives an opportunity to, to talk about it, to deal with it. I learned different things uh, in divination, and you know, because I didn't really work with runes that much, and uh, and now I know how to use runes in conjunction with my tarot cards. So I'm actually doing an I Ching tarot deck, which I'm using that, what I learned there, as part of the whole process. Getting back to kind of the shadow side, I know that a lot of gay men go through their lives um, afraid to face their true selves, and many <clears throat> bury that, and we wind up with you know these crazy Republicans um, voting against homophobic legislature. For, for gay pagans, you know, we kind of... We still have that same shit to deal with, you know. We, there's there's a lot of shit in our lives, and one of the great things about religion and magic and spirituality is that that's a form where you can work through that um, and transform that and, and heal yourself. So, is that the sort of thing that you're talking about is going on? Yeah, it is. And it, in, in fact, you know, that I actually do that a lot with the the group in New York because, you know, with the with the phases of the moon as the moon's approaching. The full moon, it's a great time to create things. And when it's going from the full moon to the new moon, that's a lot of times to get rid of things, to banish things. And I always tell people to focus on parts of their personality that they want to get rid of or parts of their personality that they want to blossom and bloom and, you know, flourish. So, <laughs> Yeah, I have uh, spiritual anal warts that I need to do spells to get rid of so that my tuchus looks my my spiritual tuchus looks nice and clean again. So yeah, we need to do some burning. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, I can't believe I went there. Well, let's talk about the New York City Open Gay Men's Magic Magic Circle, which is a, a big mouthful, but how did that start and how long has it been going and what sorts of things happen and what do you like about it? Well, um, I started this group about 6 years ago. I came from San Francisco. Actually, I came from New Jersey. Then I went to San Francisco. And then when I came back to the East Coast, um, that's when I started this. And the thing was that when I was in San Francisco, there was the uh, San Francisco Open Wiccan Coven, gay men's Open Wiccan Coven. And, and I thought that was really great and that, you know, they had something there. I was sort of at the beginning of it. And so when I came back, I came looking for something in New York because why wouldn't New York have this? You know, and they didn't. And so I basically started a Yahoo group and put it out to the universe, got five people my first time, and then it's just sort of been growing since then. Um, what else? Um, so what, what are sorts of things that you do on a month-to-month -month basis with that group? 
Oh, so on a month-to-month -month basis, um, it's like we, we have different ritual leaders for each ritual. Um, so like when I do, I'm Wiccan, so when I do a ritual, the ritual will be pretty much Wiccan. Uh, when somebody else does it, you know, we might be calling in the chakras. You know, when somebody else does it, we might be doing very fairy, F-E-R-I work, which is like the Iron Pentacle, the Pearl Pentacle, Amethyst Pentacle. So it depends on who's leading it. Some people, you know, not crazy about it. You know, I've got complaints in the past where it's like, I want something more structured. And I'm like, well, I can't guarantee structure every ritual, you know, so, but there are structure within different of them. And, you know, that's going back to, you know, brotherhood and other stuff like that. You want structure on a consistent basis. That's what you go for. How is, how is that contributing to the gay magical community in New York? It's contributing because it's it's providing a space. There's, you know, there's Dianic groups. There's, um, you know, almost every other pagan group that's out there is, you know, male, female. And there are times and places where men need to be by themselves. Sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm taking a particular path of being a gay man. But, you know, there's also men in general need to have their own space. So I provide a space for gay bisexual men to come on a monthly basis to express themselves, to be spiritual with other gay men and not have to worry about, have to worry about women. <laughs> Just the goddess. <laughs> yeah, and we've had discussions about that. You know, it's like, you know, what, what if trans people come? What if, you know, lesbians want to come? And, you know, it's, everything is always like a work in progress. It's never any one person's decision. You know, it's, we do have like five or six people that are, we consider regulars, and that's kind of who we go to. But we don't have like a president or a high priest and the la 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 and all this other stuff. We just we come together once a month. And and I, I've actually I don't think you guys have ever really turned away. You know, if a woman showed up, you wouldn't say sorry, you can't come in, would you, or what? Um, actually, yes, we would. Oh. oh. <laughs> you know, because and the thing is part of that is being prepared too it's like if we're going to say that women can't be here or, or this is a space only for men then we have to have a list of places like this is not for you but this is where you should go oh i see so is there an opening for like the the cock checker like i'll, I'll volunteer like if you need someone to verify if somebody's like a, a man or not i'm happy to sign up um i would like to sign you up <laughs> no every yeah you know, because Part of, you know, people, I always talk about this where people say, sometimes I get this, where it's like, are you a white witch? Are you a black witch? <laughs> are, you, are you a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> and I say, I am neither. I am an ethical witch. So, so the whole thing about that is that, you know, you got to be ethical with these situations. If a woman comes in and wants to, you know, practice spirituality, it's like, yeah, we want to help you with that, but... You know, ethically, this is like we we sort of promised the men that this is going to be all men. Uh -huh. So we can't break that promise unless it like goes through like the certain channels. And right now, I mean, that's what all the guys want. Yeah. Well, I've, of course, been to many, well, not many, but a good number of, of your rituals. And I've even facilitated a couple. And I've gotten a lot out of having that space and knowing it's always there and finding the community of other gay pagans uh, in New York City. 
So I'm a beneficiary of your work, and I'm very grateful for it. And um, where can where can people learn more about it or find out about it? People who are listening to the podcast, and and anything you'd like to say to any of them. Well, I, I mean, I have a Yahoo group, and um, and that's Mag M A G underscore Pagan, um, that stands for Mid Atlantic Gay underscore Pagan. So with there, and I'm I almost always like. I don't think there's a time where I don't have it in Witchbox. So if you look under events and then go to New York, it's going to be there. And I actually run two different events per month because I, I run the Full Moon Labyrinth. Yeah, let's talk about that. Too. Yeah, it, it's sort of like that came from you, didn't it? No. It didn't? No. Oh, okay. Maybe it was Chris then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we at Pagan Pride a uh, year and a half ago, we somebody discovered that we actually have a real labyrinth in Battery Park in New York, and so I'm like, okay, full moon labyrinths. We're doing the full moon labyrinths, and uh, so I just started posting it. Now this is for men or women, gay, straight, doesn't matter. Full moon is full moon, rituals ritual, drumming's drumming, and all that. And so, you know, so that this is a time where I do open up to the entire pagan community. Right. This is this is the one that Carmen always used to want to go to, and I used to say, "Oh no, it's only for gay men." And she get she'd start crying, and then you'd send me the email saying, "No, it's for everybody." <laughs> <laughs> Damn you! <laughs> um, but I put down that it, the gay men organized it, but I think I changed it now to just say that it's organized by um, the Pagan Center of New York, which is Magical Realms, which is Lady Rhea. So if you're just tuning in, this is Eat My Pagan Ass, and I am Lucky Licious, your host, and I'm interviewing Osimbio. We need a boat. We need a boat. That's right. We're we're. Oh, he just fell in some quicksand, some some sludge here in Pelham Park. Melting. He's melting. Um, so we've heard about Between the Worlds, and we've heard about the New York City Open Gay Men's Pagan Magic Circle, and you're you seem to be heavily involved with what's going on at Magical Realms in the Bronx. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, well, I, I was there in the process of, they, they used to make the, um, there used to be a person upstairs from Magical Realms that made all the statues, you know, the uh, Mary and Joseph and all those things. So they were upstairs doing that. Well, they left the place, but they left the place in shambles. And so I was unemployed for two years and uh, Lady Rhea had me working there you know, as a tarot reader. And also it started to get into sewing ceremonial clothing. And, um, and in the whole time I was helping her fix up the Buddhist center of the Bronx and the pagan center of New York. So there was a lot of work that I did over there uh, in volunteering my time um, in getting things done. Uh, the, both of those places are amazing. Uh, if you... I'm not sure where they have them posted. I know Facebook has a couple pictures, um, but they had. But what it used to be and what it is now are like two different things. Um, I also, you know, I learned the art of candle carving and glittering. And that was fun. Um, I really got in tuned with um, telling people, like working with people, you know, especially through the tower readings. And it's like, you know, what I used to do is I, you know, I would do a tower reading, you know, get the money, see you, bye, whatever. But at the Magical Realms, it's like, okay, you do the reading, and now you have all this product around you which can help you with this particular problem that 
has surfaced with this reading. And I got really good at, it's not so much as being a salesman, but actually spiritually guiding people, you know, and yeah, it's sales, whatever, you know, it's mincing words, but you know, it does help people. And um, so I worked a lot there doing that. And there's the candles, it was the tarot reading, it was sewing the clothes and spent a lot of time there. And so now I help out, I got initiated by Lady Rhea uh, in the Wicca tradition. I was talking about that earlier. And so, you know, we have our private uh, rituals from time to time. And, you know, I still have uh, a great relationship with her and all the coven mates so, and that are kind of surrounded around in magical realms. So I'm like constantly back there helping out and doing things. So are you available to give tarot readings to people? If, if there's anyone listening and wants to get a tarot reading from you, what's a good way to reach you? Um, great, way, great way to reach me is through gypsycamp at peoplepc.com. That's G-Y-P-S-Y-C-A-M-P at peoplepc.com. And do you read for everyone or do you specialize in gay people or what? You, just, you read for everyone probably. Oh my God, I read for everybody. The, you know, <laughs> I, this was sort of a culture shock for me when I started reading in the Bronx. Because it's sort of like within the first week of reading there, you know, I'm used to reading like college kids, going to like, you know, bridal showers and doing like the bridal showers there. I go to the Bronx and I got this kid that's saying to me, am I going to get four weeks or four months? I'm like, are you guilty? <laughs> <laughs> Prison time, right? Right, right. So I was like, wow, this is very different over here. So, <laughs> so it, and not to say that the Bronx is like that. I mean, it, you do get a different element there. Um, I got some of the same elements I got before. Um, I wouldn't get the Spanish people because they wanted Spanish readers. Um, so it's, it, it, was, it, it worked itself out, but, um, but it, I, I read for everybody. Let's talk about fashion and the intersection between fashion and magic, where if you look on a map, there you are, you know, you're right there. Um, what, what do you do for people that are looking for, you know, really fierce magical clothing? How much do you want to spend? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, seriously, there's, there's amazing, I, I work, being in the fashion district of New York, there are amazing fabric stores all over the place. And I've made some amazing robes just because I had the right fabric there. So the whole thing is like, you can have something very basic, but spend a lot of money on the fabric. You get something very inexpensive fabric-wise, but get really intricate on how it fits you and things like that. So it, it goes, you know, person by person basis. Um, you know, if anybody wants to, uh, I don't know, give me a million dollars and have me make line clothing, just <laughs> talk to Lucky. <laughs> hey, put, put it out there. Yeah, I mean, I need some financial backers. I'll make you, you know, if you want to be my financial backer, I'll make you a whole line of magical clothing. <laughs>
let's let's go back to gay spirituality a little bit. Uh, what are what are some of the biggest needs that you see in the gay community right now? The gay pagan. Gay pagan. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe the internet keeps us apart too much. Maybe you can get too much on the internet, but basically I feel that people need to meet more. People need to go, they need to go to the festivals, you know, and it's not like you don't have to go to between the worlds, but it's like you, you could go to Starwood where they have a rainbow section or something like that. The fairy woods. Fairy woods. Okay. I'm, but each, each festival has like a little gathering of people that might be gay, bisexual, queer, gays, lesbians, whatever. And the thing is, you need to connect. You need to get out there, you need to connect. And I think that's the biggest problem right now is that a lot of people are doing things too solitary. Solitary is fine, I'm not telling you to join a coven, but I am telling you you need to go out there and meet other people and sort of like bounce ideas off each other. Yeah, I would say some of my most personally transformative moments happened at festivals, um, both as, uh, as an individual and as a pagan. And uh, if I don't go to one every couple of years or so, I, I get a little like I'm feeling stagnated and I find it just to be a great release and um, you just get to meet so many cool people and you grow your community and you see how other people are practicing and living the craft and so it's it's definitely worth it. It's it's if it's if that's all you can do about vacation, make it your vacation because it's it's worth it. Yeah, and I, I have to say like I said, I was unemployed for two years, I couldn't do that. And I'm, so I'm like at that three year mark. And like this summer, I just want to do festival after festival after festival. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Short Mountain uh, Sanctuary for Beltane, which was in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And um, that was... Tell us about that. That was, that was like the most amazing Beltane I have ever gone to. And That's hosted by the Radical Fairies, right? Correct. Right. And, and you would think, I keep hearing that they're not organized, la, 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 and all this other kind of stuff. I don't care what you say, that was like the most powerful Beltane I've gone to. Other stuff, you know, can't talk about it. But um, not that I can't talk about it. It's like I haven't been there. I don't know. Yeah. So, so the whole thing with that is because they put up this like 50, 60 foot pole and it stays there all year round, they have a whole ritual in taking down the pole. And as people, it's like, okay, the newcomers come like with the axe, chop down the pole. And you get all these newcomers like trying to get the pole down and the pole finally falls and people are like ripping the ribbon off. And then when the ribbon's off, they start sawing it up so that they can burn it in the bonfire and, and they still have to get the pole out of the hole, to, you know, and prepare the hole again. And it's like this whole ritual before the ritual. Uh -huh. And then, you know, the next day they go out and they like cut down the tree and people are, you know, planning the ritual and, you know, they get the tree there and they cut the bark off and, they save the bark for serving dishes later, and then people are painting the wood, and people are tearing up shirts to make into ribbon, and you know, and then it all starts to come together, and the, the pole goes up, and it's, it just like it, it feels like 48 hours of drum circle with a pole in the fucking center. Oops, sorry. <laughs> you can say the F word on Eat My Vegan Ass. It's okay. <laughs> I'll get bleeped or whatever. <laughs> so what about the community at Short Mountain? What, what about that? And, and what, what, sort of, what was like a highlight for you while you were down there? Um, highlight for me with uh, the community, was, well, I didn't, I didn't know what to expect. I didn't, you know, bring food, don't bring food, whatever. They actually cooked food there 
you donate money, but they kind of have it figured out. They have people been there. It's been going on for 31 years. So year after year, they kind of figure it out and get it going. There were 600 people there. Wow. there that was, yeah, 600 people. That's a significant festival. And, I mean, between the world's 100, Starwood used to be, what, 2,000? Yeah, that's pretty big. So it's in the middle. Um, but it's all queer or queer identifying or queer friendly. And, you know, you've got women there and you've got you know, fairies there, you've got whatever there, you got a lot of trans people there, and, and you have performers, you have, you know, just artistic people. That is, it sort, of, it sort of reminded me as almost like, it was almost like Burning Man, because I've been to Burning Man twice. It's like Burning Man, except really just spiritual. I mean, there was a bit of part, there is a party aspect to it, you know, whatever. There's a very, there's a, a very kind of young crowd that goes, which kind of, encourages that it's almost like fairy circuit party <laughs> uh, yeah so there's a little bit of that but you know for me i'm just like there's a you know you talk to the people that have been there for like 31 years you know been there for 20 going for 20 years and stuff like that and you've got the goats running all over the place and you have the the land is amazing and it's uh so it's I, that to me i'm like i would go again probably next year and the year after it was so tell me about you how did you get involved in magic oh how did i get in... well when i came out of mama's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay i come from all right so let me start. my my mother passed when i was 2 and i was raised by my father and his parents my father's hungarian his parents hungarian were gypsies so basically i was i was growing up with astrology numerology um tarot cards, um, gypsy fortune telling, all these different things. You know, so when, you know, I started kindergarten, I thought that, oh, isn't everybody like that? <laughs> no, no, not so much. <laughs> where, where did you grow up? Uh, Carteret, New Jersey is where I started and ended in uh, North Brunswick, New Jersey. And um, yeah, so, so it was sort of like a very, very natural progression for me. I, you know, I write in some profiles that I'm probably as close as you can get to a hereditary witch without having the rituals. So, so you know, call me a spiritualist, call me a cultist, call me whatever. From my beginnings, you know, I'm a witch now. Um, are there others in your family that you're in touch with that also do this sort of thing? Interesting, no. <laughs> it's like I have two brothers and a sister, and they'll just all come to me for this. Um, you know, as far as aunts, uncles, um, great-grandmothers, great-grandfathers, um, it was kind of just this line of us. Um, so, yeah, it, it was what it was. Do you, ever, do you ever do any looking into, like, gypsy lore? Gypsy, how close are you with actually working in that tradition? Um, not so much. It's... it's uh, because the gypsy lore that's out there, um, it's a little bit too much uh, parlor trick type of stuff as, as far as I don't have any um, really, really good books saying this is, you know, gypsy, this is like gypsy magic and just gypsy ritual and stuff like that. So I kind of like, yeah, those were my roots and this is where I'm going. You mentioned that you are involved with the Minoan Brotherhood. And uh, I, I don't really know that much about it, and, but I know that it's gay-centric as far as I know. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about that, what's involved? 
Okay, well, you know, like I said earlier, that it was created by Eddie. And basically, in these traditions that Eddie was in, it was sort of, um, you know, I, I'm not saying anything that you don't already know when I say it. Talk about Gardnerian, very male, female oriented, and giving power to the woman goddess, you know, which is a way of thinking. And Eddie is basically like, um, no, not so much. <laughs> not that not that the women don't have power, but it's not at the expense of the man. It's sort of like men and women have their different creative energies, you know, and and they're equals in, in circle. That was his thought process. And that's how he took that process into the Wicca. And then after the Wicca, you know, he said, you know what, we need a tradition just for gay men. And it's like, we can, you know, we can be the passive, we can be receptive, we can, you know, it's, um, we can play all parts. We have all parts. We're, anybody can actually, you know, but for us, we need to have something else where we can like start doing this, you know, and this is in the 70s. So it's sort of like groundbreaking in that area, you know, because at the time um, that he started the Minone Brotherhood, you know, homosexuality, homosexuality was still in the um, psychological dictionary as a disease, you know, and I think it was 74 and it was right around 74 that Eddie created this too. So, um, so yeah, so there's, there's that. I tell people who are interested in it that take a look at the Witch's Bible by um, the Farrars, okay. What they have there is traditional witchcraft. If you like that, if you resonate with that, that's Alexandrian, okay, then you should look into the Minoan Brotherhood because you don't want to go just because there's a bunch of gay men. You know, you want to go because you're looking for structure, okay, you're looking for a certain type of ritual, you want something that's, you know, similar time in, time out, you want to build a coven, you want to, you know, be closer with other gay men within a coven. There's a lot of reasons for you to do this, but if it's just because you want to be with gay men in a coven, then do what I'm doing as an open group and form something on the side, you know, because then you can like, then you can experiment with different things. And, and that's the whole thing. I mean, if you haven't read Drawing Down the Moon with all the different definitions of all the different things that are out there, you know, you, you shouldn't like say, oh, this is what I want to be. You really, you really should do your homework before you figure out what you want to do. So you touched on the dynamic of duality and polarity that's commonly practiced in, you know, let's say heterosexual Wiccan groups or Gardnerian groups um, where, you know, the circles are actually built boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. And, you know, currents of energy are passed that way and envisioned that way. But you said that gay men, and probably the same holds true for gay women, um, where we are both, uh, we can we can fulfill both roles, but that's that's still controversial, I guess, with some groups. And I guess fuck them if they if they can't take it, right? Absolutely, absolutely fuck them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, who are you to define who I am? You know, you you just figure out your own life, okay? That's I am not your lesson, <laughs> and you are not my lesson. You know, so it's like I'm going on two different areas here, and. It's, you know, with the gay area, it's, it's we have to build upon what we have. And the thing is, I love and adore women. And I think they're powerful. And I think it sucks when they're not making as much as men are making. You know, and I'm a feminist to a certain extent. 
but damn it, in circle, it's 50-50. <laughs> and I guess, you know, it, for me, it, it feels like, you know, if that's what works for you, if the boy-girl, boy-girl thing works for you, and it's it helps you raise your energy, maybe because there is a component of sexual attraction and sexual energy that can help lend power to a circle. And if you're a guy and seeing girls run around with their coochies out and their jubblies bouncing around, and that gets you your juices flowing and your magic going, then then all the more power to you, right? And and if it's done in a respectful way and everyone's consensual, yada yada, right? Um, I find you know like we we once did um, uh, kind of a, a an initiation or it wasn't an initiation; it was a um, like a life transition, pa- a rite of passage for a mutual friend. Um, it was the Inanna ritual with mm-hmm. the the gates and. Um, some of us were naked, um, and it was my fr- actually my first naked skyclad right, and um, it was slightly sexually arousing, and and that worked for me also given the gate that I was at, and you know that was my chakra, and so I really went into it, um, but but I found that it worked for me. So that's if you're a gay man and you like seeing dicks bop around, and and that's what you know that's what evokes laughter and playfulness and you know eroticism and and all of that then then more power to you and i guess we would need circles for that can you talk a little bit about eroticism and magic and and how the two work together well there's a there's a lot of um you know recently i did it this ritual um basically uh worshiping the lingam and in basically cock worship Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> praise the cock. Praise oh, the cock. Praise the cock. Well, but it all goes back to Shivism, and before Hindus broke off into the um, three or four different paths that they had, there was Shivism, and Shivism basically was cock worship, and and the, and you know you can go back, you can look it up. I you know that's not what we're doing right here, but the whole thing was is just doing that, just acknowledging the erect phallus, you know, and and basically pouring honey, pouring coconut milk, pouring all kinds of things all over it, and... Pouring my saliva and lips. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, it's, part of, it's, it's like, this is the God. And the thing is, we are God. Every one of us have God and goddess in us. So it's like, it's it's getting deeper and deeper in touch with who you are as that. And, and the eroticism, and the eroticism you know, is all a part of what the gods made in us. So you really should, and, and if you're not familiar with all this stuff, well, you need to get a vibrator. <laughs> <laughs> and this isn't just the purview of gay men, of course. You know, pagans in general tend to be sex-positive people, and, and we, we, we love the bodies we're in, and we love the gifts that we have from the god and the goddess. Um, and, and one of the things that you should um, take a look at if, if you're interested in going further with this is there's all types of books on Tantra. And there's gay men's Tantra, there's gay eroticism Tantra, there's heterosexual Tantra, all kinds of Tantra. Look it up, you know, practice it. There's a lot of different people um, that give workshops on this, um, podcasts on this, videos on this. You need to look into that if you want to get more into the erotic part of your magic. But it it would be easy for an outsider or even pagans that are new to this to seize on this and 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 you know if people have issues with their own sexuality and their own abilities to accept sex in others and in life they they would they would look at this and go oh well that's just all about sex you know like oh the Minoans are just about sex you know H- how would you answer that um, that there's many paths to power sex is one of them you know um, chanting's another one you know you don't want to have sex go chant. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, it's like there's many, there, look into the eight paths of power, you know, and it's, uh, you know, there's, there's lots of ways you can raise energy. Um, a lot of people need to do this. And the thing is, some people will do it and they won't do it like all the time. They'll do it once and they got what they got out of it. So much like I was talking about doing something that's very cathartic. They might do something that's very cathartic for them. And it's like, oh, I don't have to do that again. Or I can move on to other things. So it's, it's occasionally, you know, it's like gay men like to experience that and um, use it for magic. Um, you know, using your fluids. <laughs> it's like in different ways. It's like you need to experiment with this. And a lot of people come across this without going to like the traditional paths. I think that's a great response to the issue of, you know, sex as a valid path of power and being just one of many paths of power. I guess if people are curious, they should find out for themselves and not jump to conclusions about things, right? Oh, absolutely. And and it's like, why? and the thing is, how do you keep a marriage, you know, keep going? You have to refresh things. You have to make things new. You have to introduce new things. Same thing with a coven. It's a relationship with other people. And you need to, like, things things can get stale. You know, you do the same ritual every season. You know, you're going to get bored. <laughs> so it's like, well, how are we going to change it up a bit and stay within the framework that we've been given? So, you know, that's part of magic. You know, it's, it's part of us as pagans, and it's like we're always reinventing ourselves. We're not dogmatic, for the most part, because there are some of you out there that are. <laughs> <laughs> and you know who you are. <laughs> um, tell me about, um, you know, I understand that, that also something else that I know about the Minoan Brotherhood is it's an oath-sworn brotherhood. And let's talk about oaths and secrecy and the power that's around that. Um, what is oath-making to a Minoan, and why is it important? Well, to, for a Minoan, it's like they have their own Book of Shadows, um, just like the Gardnerians have their own, just like Wicca has their own. And these are things which are not to be passed on unless you've been properly taught. So you, you take oath not to pass on certain information. Now, What I can say is a lot of this is... Uh, like, <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. Oh, my God. They're all going to hate me. <laughs> <laughs> you will never, ever, ever, ever get the God names out of anybody unless you've been, you know, initiated three degrees. Um, I told you, go look at the witch's Bible. You know, it's, 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 it's like people want to say, oh, it's all secretive. And yeah, it is secretive, but... You know, but how much how much secret do you think there is there? You know, how much is already out there and how much is secret? How much is going to be taught to you by your high priest, your high priestess? Um, how much do you feel you need to know? Or are you going into something saying this is a new experience and give me what I need? You know, so stop trying to figure it all out. <laughs> I mean, there's there are secrets, there are oaths. Um, to me, not huge, but significant so but stop trying to figure it out yeah really you know it's like it reminds me of when i was a kid and i used to around christmas time go hunting for the presents and you know my parents would put all this thought effort and expense into doing something really nice for their children at a time when they didn't have a lot of money and they wanted just to give us a nice surprise and, and a memorable holiday but i would go snooping 
and I would find things and I would know things. And then, you know, the, the experience is spoiled for me because of that. It's like, I, I, I dig and I find before I have understanding and I, absolutely I, it's, the un- it's the understanding and it's like how, how do you know that you're ready to receive the information because your ego is saying i'm ready i want it are you a, just a bratty little kid yeah. or are you like reading and doing like i used to my high priest used to get a little jab you know ribbed a little bit because i had like 19 books to read for like my initiation and everybody's like, nobody's got that many books. I'm like, well, why not? You know, and it's like, what, you know, what are you telling them? But the whole thing is, it's like, are you trying to get by easy? Are you really trying to have a good understanding? What's your motivation? And where's your ego? You know, because that's a big thing. If, if, if your ego is just about being a high priest, you don't belong in any tradition. That is true. Osimbio. Thank you so much for spending time. I know we've got a Beltane ritual to get to, and I see all the folks over there. The incense is burning. The the pagans are gathering, and the the pole is standing up against the tree and will make its way into the ground forthwith. So um, unless there's anything else you want to say, uh, thanks for being on the show. Oh, sure. Why don't you give your email and websites or anything else again, just so folks can get that for the first time. Okay. I um, Like I said before, I'm on Witchbox uh, under events in New York. Okay, look look for the open group um, or look, that's W-I-T-C-H-V-O-X, like Witch's Voice, witchvox.com. Um, so I will, you can look under Osymbio, do a search, Google search, O-C-Y-M-V-I-O. So do a Google search for that. Uh, my in- email is Gypsy Camp because that's what we used to call, we used to call that at my, um, growing up. That, that was the name of our house. Oh, the Gypsy Camp. The Gypsy Camp. Oh. <laughs> so it's gypsycamp at peoplepc.com. All right. Thanks very much. And if any of you have any questions for Osimbio, uh, feel free to email him directly or you can email eatmypaganass at gmail.com. Again, um, Osimbio is available for tarot readings, tarot consultations, and witchy fashion design. It's about, the, the readings go for about uh, $30 for 30 minutes. Um, I can do it over the phone. Um, I can sometimes do it through an email. Um, but I would, I, you know, I would need sp- specific information, which I would tell you at that time. Yeah, I, And having gotten one of your readings uh, before, I can vouch for it and say it's definitely worth the, the price. It's a good investment. So, kiddies, um, on the next episode of Eat My Pagan Ass, we will be interviewing Puck, you know, Puck. Hey, love Puck. Yeah. <laughs> Puck Zan Fraser, author of uh, Brief History of Witchcraft and many other books, and also a member of the New York City Open Game and Magic Pagan Circle. And, 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 Not necessarily in that order. Yes, and also The Juggler. He uh, writes at The Juggler, which oh, is. Oh, thejuggler.org or juggler.com, right? Yeah, yeah. It's, that, a, it's like a blog. It's the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle um, section of the, uh, the Wild Hunt. All right. So, kids, um, uh, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. And now I'm going to go get my Beltane on. Woo! Have a good one, everyone. And uh, blessed be. Hole in the hole. 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 Bye, hookers.